Hey guys, and welcome to Steel Wars. I am Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars. And this is our special Saturday Night Live Chit Chat episode, Chapter 9. I always want to go episode, then I want to go on brand. And I go with the Chapter 9, Season 2, The Marshal of the Mandalorian. A thrilling episode. A thrilling episode, and we have got a thrilling lineup of guests to bring it on with from the uh, What the Force show. Returning guest, our um, she came on as someone that joined the Star Wars fandom through The Last Jedi, and she won our hearts and our minds, and she's back. It is. Hammy, how you doing, buddy? Actually, where is Hammy? There she is. <laughs> there. <laughs> hey, everyone. So excited hey. to be back on Steel. <laughs> uh, we have got uh, the writer of Squadrons and Battlefront 2 also returning to the podcast. It's Mitch Dyer. How you doing, Mitchie D? Good, man. I'm stoked to be back. And my cat is assassinating my desk behind me. I apologize. <laughs> wow. It's um, an assassination. That's, um, you don't see that often online. But we're here. Hey, from the Canto Bite Dispatch, it's your friend and mine. It's Emily Lind. Hello. And from the TV Black Box uh, podcast in Australia, a very old podcasting buddy of mine. He is a, uh, a, a well-known Australian TV aficionado. It is Steve Mulk. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, Steel, all the better for being here. This is a bucket list moment. Thank you. Excellent. And and Malk assures me, if you check out his background right now, that um, that curtain haphazardly hanging there isn't just for the show. It's a permanent fixture in his um, his designer lifestyle. So thank you, Steve Malk. I appreciate uh, that. That old hunk of junk. Ha! And uh, we've got a blazing hyper chat going on. Hello, everyone. Uh, Timothy Dunlop says he, he he's one of our um biggest supporters so his word is gospel what a treat didn't expect that and that is in reference to the return of hammy <laughs> Hi, Timothy. <laughs> so you win the treat award if there is an award apparently there is now this episode the marshal from the time they dropped the name, and, and, and a lot of Star Wars fans knew what that meant, that we would be getting Cobb, Vance, he, the, the rumours were true, up until the final shot, and we don't want to bury the lead on this, Tim Morrison returning yeah. as a grizzled, maybe a bit cloned out um, Boba Fett. Um Mitch, how did you ride with this one, buddy? Uh, I admit that I came into this maybe a little bit cynical about Boba Fett. Like, I'm not a Boba Fett person. This show has made me a Mandalorian person. I was never really into Mandalorian history and lore and all, all the stuff that people love. Great. It was never for me. I never connected with it. This show is bringing me into elements of Star Wars, like the, the pieces of Star Wars that I was like, okay, like, that that's like the one piece of Star Wars that I don't really care about, and it's really making me care. Um, 
So I came in cynical. I didn't really want Boba Fett back. I didn't really think doing the like somebody else is wearing his armor stuff would be cool and interesting. And this episode kind of proved all of it wrong. Like by the end of it, I'm like, what's been going on with Boba Fett? He looks so sad. What has that guy's life been like for seven years? He's just fully withered by the desert, worn down by time. What's going on with poor Boba, man? You, you, you like walk past him in the mall and you're like, what, what's wrong? Smile. You look like you've been eaten by a giant desert worm. Like, come on. Smile. Grow some eyebrows, buddy. Lift Grow yourself up. Um, I, I, I'm with you, Mitch. I, I wasn't sort of too into the whole different Bobas, like, like the guy that was going to be wearing the Boba outfit. And I don't know, it just didn't catch me, but the how it was executed and and as we always say on the podcast quite often quite cynically hey if they do it right then anything's going to be good and when you've got this <laughs> unbelievable on screen oh, so good you are doing it right hammy how did it hit you buddy um, I was similar to Mitch, you know, um, I came into, uh, for those who are watching, I am a new Star Wars fan. So I've only been a Star Wars fan for about, it'll be three years in January. Uh, I came in as a sequel trilogy fan. So a lot of the references, that kind of thing, it just doesn't jive with myself and a lot of sequel trilogy mm. fans. You know, nostalgia doesn't really hit us because we don't have nostalgia. But I will say, I agree also with Mitch that Boba, they kind of won me over because he kind of represents a way to connect to the rest of the saga. So, you know, with Baby Yoda and the Force, that's the stuff that I usually like, all of the Force stuff. And so here now we have somebody who's experienced all of that leading up to now. And we and he doesn't, you know, the Mando himself doesn't really know much about the Force or what's going on. So it kind of, I'm hoping maybe will be a link to all of that, to the past and what's happened. Yeah, I definitely... Yeah, it, it sort of blends it all together in such an exciting way. Like it, like quite often the connections. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty like nah. But I don't know. They just managed to, like even stuff like doing the single file banthers. I, I, I put up this. Yeah. I, I, because I'm me. I videoed myself watching the first episode, <laughs> and I, I, I finally worked out a way to defeat um, YouTube copyright restrictions to get it up, and like. Just seeing the Banthers in single file, I literally shelled out, single file, yes! Dude, I did the same thing. I leaned over to my girlfriend. I'm like, just like in the movie. <laughs> just like in the movie. Now, Steve Malk, you as a, um, you know, you, you're a television reviewer. Mm. And I'm sure you're looking at it with a, a very critical eye on on, on acting and, and and all that sort of stuff. What did you make of it, buddy? Look, definitely on the second watch, Steel, I cast a, a very serious kind of discerning eye across it. The first episode was biggest fanboy stuff I could get. I was in. I was loving it. There was there was sort of little squeaks and shouts and hoorays and all sorts of things running through the episode. Uh, I was really impressed. I mean, this for me was Star Wars really just heavily hooking back into its past as in the Mandalorian cook, you know, hooking into that with not just the introduction of, of Boba right at the end, but as you noticed, um, you know, the single file stuff, the talk of the Sarlacc, the reveal of Boba Fett's armor, all of that stuff really kept us in. And this was that intergalactic cowboy Western kind of vibe 
just writ large. We're back on Tatooine. It's we've got a marshal who's here to clean up this town. He does that gig. It's just delightful to watch. That was quite a um, a paragraph. I, I, I was like, "Woof!" If you, did you script all that? That was amazing. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm ready to go now. Yeah, no, you you really hit. I, I felt like I was listening to your podcast there because you yeah. really, you had you got into your rhythm. Um, mm-hmm. Emily Lynn's now. Mm. I'm. I, you never know which way the wind's going to blow in Lindtown. How did you go, okay. buddy? This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Look, as soon as I saw the title of this episode, because I I know the titles had come out, but I didn't, like, I purposely avoided them. And so the first time Mm. I saw the title come up and it was the Marshall, I immediately knew it was going to be Timothy Oliphant as a space sheriff and as Mm. a huge fan of both Deadwood and Justified. I could not be more excited. And... I just I thought it was a it was a really fun episode. Um, you yeah. know, I had gone in thinking I wanted like I wanted mythology and I wanted Moff Gideon, but instead I really liked this. It sort of slows everything down. Um, like Mark said, it's such a Western episode. Like even when when he's first coming into the town and you're mm-hmm. going by all the townspeople, like giving him the side eye, and. I also I love how quickly they they dispose of the idea that that he's Boba Fett like instant like mm. the fact that the armor doesn't fit him yeah oh, amazing it's it's so good and it, like as soon as he takes it off and like yeah. the helmet and oh. also, and and so I I only found this out through Twitter but the the bartender in the scenes with Cobb Vance is played by. W. Oral Brown, who is also from Deadwood, and please, please, please go on his Twitter and look at his threads. He, one thing that's interesting is apparently he start he shot his stuff starting like two days before season one started airing. Ah, he had no idea wow. who Baby Yoda was, but he's Yoju, Yoju, if you will. He's a huge Star Wars fan, and like just the like, he has a whole tweet about like how excited he was that he got to touch a Bantha, and it's the most adorable thing. No, this episode was like it made me remember why I love Star Wars, which I needed. Mm. Yes, it was a, a celebration of I don't know, just the references were like on paper, it should disgust me, but experience i just felt like it was just fun 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 and i thought it was very smart to do this episode first because it's essentially especially if you've already seen the sequel i mean the original trilogy it's like a standalone episode so if you have heard all the hype and you catch this first episode you don't have to watch the first season to really get up to speed with like what happens it's a pretty basic story and 
I, I, I just, it just felt like they were just setting off Star Wars fireworks and it was just stunning. Cobb Vance, where are we at? Big fans? I loved him. I loved him, the Olivan man. Like, I named one of my cats after I, he, my, one of my cat's names is Raylan Givens. Like, I love this dude. I love everything he's in. He's awesome. a beautiful specimen of a man. And he just, he knows exactly the show he's in. He knows exactly the role he's playing. He knows exactly the part he needs to yeah. play. And he's doing it to a T, right? He's kind of a goofball. He's a bit of a dork. He thinks he's really badass, but he kind of is and he kind yeah. of isn't. I like in the end how they were both too... I always like characters when they've got like a, a stiff moral, like they do whatever, but a deal's a deal. Their right. word is their word. And I, I sort of really appreciated the way once they organised the deal, he handed over the Mandalorian armour sort of, you know, without question and... I, I thought that was uh, super cute, super cool. You tell Have your you... people I didn't break it. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> dude. If you if you watch this video, when when he makes the um, Cobb go up, and it's like this callback to Jedi, I was just like, callback. <laughs> that was the one that stood out where I was like, oh no, like less of this, more of everything else <laughs> no, you're doing with I... like references to push your own story forward. It's great. <laughs> As I say, on paper, it it, it it should I should hate it, but yeah. I was just I was just on the ro- I was on the roller coaster. I was on the roller coaster. H- Hammy, what what do you make with all our just like infatuation with all these references to a film we saw thirty years ago? Oh, is Hammy still? She might be. There she is. Sorry about that. I don't know Maybe what happened. <laughs> I was like, she's very stoic when she listens. Like you, you, you. <laughs> like we were dead still, and I'm like, man, that's she. She must not no, drink sorry about that. I think my internet might have cut out for a second. <laughs> I was like, she does not drink any coffee. That's amazing how she can just stand still like that. But um, yeah, do, do you find it? No, sorry. Do you about find that. it amusing how um, like thrilled I am with a, a reference to uh. A, a film from years ago? <laughs> no, like I can, I, I understand. I understand like why everyone would get excited. So that's fine because obviously I have other fandoms that I'm part of and that I would get excited for. Um, but I think, um, I think uh, after the rise of Skywalker, I think a lot of sequel trilogy fans are craving something new. And, but I do, I will say that this episode was a good, jump in you were mentioning that that um this first episode is good if you're coming into mandalorian there's a lot of hype i think there's a lot of people who aren't as big star wars fans who are watching the mandalorian they love baby yoda and so they're watching for him and that kind of thing so i think this first episode was kind of a good introduction to get people back into it oh okay remember all of this stuff that you love but i think they're also maybe laying the groundwork for future storytelling with this season that we're going to go somewhere else with it it's not just Easter eggs for everybody. Yeah. Well, I um, very humbly tweeted out yesterday, I think, about, like, remember when I said by the end of (laughs) season two, there'll be no filler episodes in season one. Um, And that's five. Some some grumpy tuckus had to go, what wasn't filler about whatever. But (laughs) the way they – I just – 
like this is what I want out of Star Wars television is, you know, episode five, there's a hint at this character and then the first episode of the next season, I, I now know who that character is and I'm, I'm, de- I'm delighted. It, it's sort of, and it's exactly who they hinted at. Like they put in the sound effects. I would have been, I wasn't ready for the emotions I would have to use against David Filoni. If he used those two Boba Fett sound effects in episode five, the gunslinger starring Toro Calcan, um, and then not come through with the goods that, that would, but like sometimes the best surprise is they did exactly what you wanted. And like, we'll, we'll, we'll go, we'll go through it, but we'll, 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 I'll hit the, the, the opening sort of um, set piece and uh, that is the Gamorian Fighting Championships. We get to see Vibro Axes mm. I- in action. Um, this is one of the classic sort of promo scenes that seems pretty good, but then when you see the full cut in the episode, a lot like that um, episode in the office um, from the first one, as it plays out, it's like so much better. And, and, and there's so many like, and it's almost like the beats that weren't in um, like the, 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 the lines about gambling and stuff. When they said that, I was like, Oh, new lines that are funny. <laughs> this episode was really funny, man. Like the it first was. time you see the crate dragon and it comes out and you think it's going to go for that Bantha and it goes for the yep. Tuscan instead slayed me. <laughs> Yeah. Um and and as Lauren says you can play the Toro drinking game. Um every time you mention Toro everyone drink. I think Emily oh. plays that game unintentionally. <laughs> but it's more of a self-care thing. Mm. Um ah oh, sorry, we've got a a tradition here and um we do have Noah Outlaw in the chat. So I um I'm I'm going to have to play the video. Sorry everyone. This is big. <laughs> In oh, the yeah. chat right now, Star Wars Insider, Noah Outlaw. Oh, no. Noah Van Outlaw. Here we go. Is in the chat. Here we go. Noah Van Outlaw is in the chat. Very exciting. Sorry, guys. That's um, Star Wars Insider, Noah Outlaw. He's in the chat. So um, we just had to acknowledge that is uh, one of our traditions. Um, anyone have any thoughts on the, uh, the Gamorrean fighting championship scene? I thought it was really great. I thought that that opening set piece again, kind of mirrored the opening set piece we got from season one, you know, in that here's kind of the, if if you, like you guys have intimated, if you haven't seen it, here's who the Mandalorian is. He's, he's a pretty full on kind of guy. There was some, like, even just talking about the comedy beats in it, you know, Mitch Steele, you guys acknowledged, uh, at one point in the fight. Like one of the guys punches him in the helmet and it knocks him back a bit. And then the next time or the second or third time, he leans his helmet into it to yeah. like actually hurt the guy. And it is just the, those kinds of lovely touches that help round out, fill out some of those character things for someone who we don't get to see emote. It is all physical acting uh, and excellent script writing in that process. Of course, the lovely touches around um, the child, you know, closing his capsule to make sure he's protected the minute he sees um, the little missiles come out. And and I absolutely loved that follow through once we got outside and he's captured 
um, John Leguizamo's character uh, and strung him up. And and it, I, I, I thought it was completely foreboding when he says, I promise you won't die by my hand. And I went, oh, man, you are dead, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah, when he, when he shot the light off, I was, I was like, is he going to electrocute him? Is... Is he because he's got one eye? He's really scared mm. of the dark. Like, what is that? But um, some like Mitch, you you you're like um, you're you're deep into the law, having written written these stories. Do you, do you know about these um dark rats? I thought they were the same dogs that we see like chewing on a bone in Attack of the Clones at the mm. Tuscan camps. Hmm. I know. I, think, I thought it was like a like a literal like feed him to the wolves thing, and then yeah. later in the Tuscan camps in this episode, we see like the they're like kind of the hyenas that Mando's all bigger, friendly with, and he can speak to. Like I thought it was just mm. those, but they're not on Tatooine in the beginning. I think like yeah. I think you yeah, don't think so. So nah. I don't know. Maybe it's not those things. But yeah. it's something with the with the like they're nocturnal or something because I think that's yeah. why he hit the light right. So then they would yeah. be able to see. Yeah him and we almost him. Needed i thought they were the maybe the dogs from solo from corelia i'm not as good with the lore so i i thought it looked like that but i don't know i guess the graffiti i don't know if we've ever seen it anywhere other than with sabine and in rebels i don't know yeah i, I mm. um i was gasping at a bit of graffiti there, there was like a there was a c3po head, mm-hmm. head. yeah mm. and then and they looked like a no stormtroopers, no, a no snow troopers. Mm. And, and I was like, yeah, those little dresses they have out the back are pretty lame, so I can go with that. Oh, I love those little butt capes thing. Nah, never. They always broke when you were little. Did you know that one of the cast did that graffiti? That's so really? the, the, All of one it? of the bit player. No, 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 yeah, they apparently will work. They, they just said, hey, you, know, you want some graffiti? What about this? And took a thing and drew it up. Wow. And went, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Did he get in much trouble? <laughs> I think he was welcomed too. Ah, oh, okay. Sorry, I, just, <laughs> I live in LA. Thanks for so. clearing that up, though. I appreciate it. Okay, uh, we've got a uh, a super chat from the Sex Wedge, which is the best type of wedge I've heard. Um, just drink, no Toro Calican needed. So there you go. There's a, your own drinking game. Just just drink. That's that's fine. Um, and uh, Lauren says, "Love to see Mando show off more of his bounty skills." I did love the. It's like poetry. It's all connected. It rhymes of him doing the exact same way that he captured the um whatever it was the squid head or whatever in the, the first mithril, mm. I think or yeah <laughs> no it wasn't it wasn't the mithril because this guy whoever because he got chopped in half by the door oh yeah yeah <laughs> so it's not a good sign if he gets you by the legs like that it's um he's yeah, prepared to do whatever but I um. Uh, uh, that like with the, the the wrestling scene and then that sort of standoff and then that how it then went into oh we're off to Tatooine ba 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 and then the Razor Crest I was just like yes yes this is what it's about I was mm. I was just beyond thrilled by um, the the power of. Uh, the opening dip, and then we uh, head back to Tatooine, and I'll bring up the next little scene as this was my next giant pop of the episode, and that is Amy Sedakis mm. returning 
I was just like, yes, she's back. She's already for me a um a, a beloved Star Wars character. So, uh, Emily, were you, were you happy to see your return? Oh, Emily's got the the, the stills now as well. What is going the on stills. with that? I Lindo. Normally, these technical things really bother me, but they appear to be not due to me or, <laughs> or affecting me. So that's fine. But we do have traditions on the show, and because of this, I do have to put up the zero days without a, uh, <laughs> a technical accident thing. So... Um, maybe I'll just remove window and see if I can bring her back. Nah, we lost her. Amy Sadakis. will be back. What, what did you think, Mark? Oh, look, it, it was marvellous, that callback, to see that clearly uh, Mando and her have developed that friendship. You know, the acknowledgement straight away. When the pit droids came out, she was like, you know he doesn't like your kind. And then he says, oh, they better give it a look over. So straight away, he's obviously cooled his jets a little bit on droids and he's okay with it, lets them at it. And and then she says a line, I'm going to botch it, but when she's talking, oh, have you got the little womp rat? No, you give him a cuddle and whatever with the child. And she said, what's it, if he duplicates or, um, you know, has, has a, like, basically, if there's another one of him, I'll pay you for it. Not really, but seriously. Like, the fact that she's just taken by the cuteness of the child is phenomenal. It's so great. She knows how to hold a baby Yoda Yoju, if you will. She, um, she, she genuine. She loves little Yoju, oh, the only that. official Yoju babysitter. Um, and just in big scoop here, Emily Lynn. Sorry, all my laptop froze. So there you go. There you go. And again, as it turns out, these technical issues, when it's not my fault, I find them kind of amusing. So uh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> We're just showing what sort of person I am at the moment, but um, I respect just, that level of transparency, Steele. I've just had Mitch. I've just had so many that are my fault that <laughs> I um. I understand. Hey, Malk, what um, yes. what 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 show we, for people that want to find out more about Amy Sedaris? What what should they be watching? Uh, there's a show right now that she's running called At Home with Amy Sedaris. Uh, that is really funny, that kind of comic, comedic kind of, you know, sketch but not sketch kind of thing um, that I think I think she's streaming or it's popping up on some kind of, uh, like, in a dual place. I can't remember. I can't recall because it, it hasn't officially made it to Australia yet. Um, but that's sort of... Oh, sorry, of- sorry. I'll yes. just point out how the local slang, when someone says it hasn't officially made it to Australia yet, that means... I got it illegally. That's just found a way. Yeah, it's um. There was yeah. So that's that's. I'm just teaching everyone how. To, it's not just all good day mates and shrimp on the barbie. There's also our um fierce fierce tradition of internet piracy. So, <laughs> an excellent pickup from Aaron Taylor. She's also on BoJack Horseman. So if you want to check that out, Amy. Yeah, is I love top BoJack Horseman. Voice, <laughs> top knowledge, uh, notch voice actor there. I and Michael Nip points out strangers with candy. I mm, she's everywhere. I've never watched that, but it was when I was getting pay TV back in I don't know the two thousands. That that was so heavily advertised on the Comedy Channel on Foxtel, and it kind of scared. I just was like, 
oh no, I can't watch that today. I just it just seemed too full on. Like mm. I, I I think I had a, a hangover a lot of that time, and it felt like it was going to make it worse. Um, Hammy, were you happy to see the return? Oh yeah, I loved it, and I think someone in the chat mentioned it. But my favorite part was that she said, "Thank the force." Uh, I know I still knows that I love the force. So any kind of mention to that or hint at it, that we're going to get more force stuff is always makes me happy. So, and, and I was surprised that Amanda wasn't like, Hey, what is that? Cause you know, the whole first season he's like, well, the baby can do this weird thing with his hands. I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> so it was nice to actually hear the word force in Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what, um, that's what sealed the deal for me with the Mandalorian at the end of the first episode, season one mm-hmm. to have Yoju introduced introduced and just like, Oh, the force is involved with this in such a new yeah. and unique way. I was like, yes. Like, yeah. but I, I love this scene because what the Mandalorian I think does so well is take all the pieces of star Wars and go shh, mm. and then, and then throw them out and to have this bit of pure George Lucas comedy of the pit droid getting yes. vacuumed in the yes. face. Yeah. Yes. Full prequel humor going on in the background. It's yeah, perfect. Yeah. And, and, and the best end of prequel humor as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, you know, who knows what that, what was going on at the other end of that band that was getting its teeth brushed. Do you know what I mean? And, and George George Lucas may have wanted to show us. Who knows? Who knows? But and, and I was going to say, just another great connection as we see here, and I'm sure we'll probably get to it, but when we see Cobb and the vehicle that he's, you know, riding, flying, uh, when they go to visit the, the home of the Crate Dragon in the first instance, it's like I had full flashbacks to episode one, like full. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get... On the speeder, which I was immediate. Oh wait, here we go. How's this for? A, I'm taking a few uh, photos a, as we go, and uh, get get ready for this one, Hammy. Okay. Uh... Yes. <laughs> Look at him. Oh, good. Look at those little teeth. Mm. Yeah, there's teeth, and that hard work they've obviously put into to the puppet to make the ears flap as well as it did. Like that's uh, that's all practical so effects. Yeah, watching this back, I'm remembering all the things I yelled, and and it, during this scene, Mulk, it was ears, ears. <laughs> Absolutely. Watching this, I just reverted. Like normally, I, I I'm aiming for 12 years old. That that's where you want to be when you watch start. You want to hit a 12 year old mentality yep. and just go on a, a trip. That's that's what it is for me. But sometimes my reactions are a bit like my two-year-old son where I just yell out key words out of, um, uh, now, um, we've got an extra guest joining us. Very excited. Our friend from the Kessel run transmissions. It's my boy. Corey Van Dyke. How you doing? Why are you shaking your head like that? I'm not, I'm just, you know, thinking. (laughs) <laughs> what's going on man you're just thinking no 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 i just know why i'm in here what i have to present so it's already you know okay well i have to show you do you want to do you want to wait till it comes up in the show or do you have to do it now i can wait okay all right um, 
Corey, uh, yeah. what was your uh, initial thoughts over this episode? Well, let me tell you, um, it was it was an exciting time, first and foremost, to watch it because I watched it with two of my best buds. I had Claire Stribling over here and, of course, Noah Outlaw with me as, as always. And we were watching it all together and our reactions quite literally woke mm-hmm. up people in the apartment complex. Good. Um, so it was awesome, obviously. Uh, you know, seeing Boba Fett in the flesh again to Moore Morrison was literally like a dream. So and I, I still can't get over that, that that's a that's a real thing. So uh, it, it was a solid start to the season. I think the best way you could start it. And yeah, I, I loved it. It's great. There's something about having, like I could, could go either way, but I actually in the end love it. Like yeah. having essentially three Boba Fetts in play. <laughs> You're right. Like yeah. that is just insane. And and that's what just makes it so exciting is like, not only is Boba Fett alive, he's in this, like he's in play as a character. Like you mm. don't know where he he can take it. Um, I, I've got this. I have to show everyone because I, I I I I personally love Star Wars for how happy it makes people, and this like like like. People that are into sports, they get to yell loudly a lot more than us. And it's more socially acceptable. And I'm, I'm trying to wreck that stigma because look at this three on the bench here. As Corey, Noah, and Claire. And that, that is some World Series um, winning. It's, it's all their heads are different shapes than they normally are. <laughs> There's several different emotions happening too. Like everybody's mm. feeling something different. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I don't understand how Corey's head got bigger and Noah's got smaller. It's very <laughs> odd. You lean back. You lean back. Okay, it's all perspective. Is that is that real sets practical effects? Exactly. Uh, yep. Everything's different. Like the Everything's the same, but nothing's the same. It's it's how you want it to be, really. It's about family, and that's what makes it so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Oh my, and that. that's Claire on the end, isn't it? Sorry, I, 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 I Claire? On the end yes, of that picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, yeah she's yeah, yeah. ready to eat someone alive. She is so happy. <laughs> she just is ready to, like, it's Sarlacc moment. She's ready to devour someone and just ingest them and dissolve them over hundreds of years. She's that, in um, you could really Sithize that up and get a whole <laughs> different vibe to, to what's going. Oh, yeah. Ah, Corey, there's an. Are you ready for your next internet feud? Um, I guess. Check the, <laughs> ch- check the comments. Wow. Got replaced by Corey. <laughs> Sorry, Emily. Wow. Did I really? Did I, did I really take Emily's place? Uh, Emily, I, it's her phone, her, her, her laptop. She's, there's, there's still a space. It, it's not like she's not taking this – is, this is the thing, Emily. This is what you've got to learn about the United States of America. He's not taking your place. There's, there's pie for everyone here. All right, this is a, a, a great country. So I'm, no, you know, I, I'm sorry you're acting like that, Emily. You've you've really disappointed she, me. She now knows what it feels like to be most Star Wars directors. So, oh, uh, oh wow, oh my god, uh, right like that. Wow, <laughs> sorry. Wow, that is that is 
shot fired. I, I, I feel like we're going to have to do. I feel like we're going to have to do a vibe check. Okay, what's a vibe check? That is a major vibe check. I'm majorly checked right now. There we go. So, um, yep. Love the vibe check now. Um, so, um, I'm just put. Oh, so they then he gets to the uh, the little village, and that whole shot of him going through, like it's obviously calls back to old. Like it, it was almost like a parody of a western. Like a fam, it was so heavily painted on, but I, I, I loved every minute of it. Like how high it was turned up. Um, what did you make of uh, the village and and the reveal, Hammy? Like while I was like, I, like I was seriously like, <laughs> like when they said, why don't you sit, why don't you just ask him or whatever? And, and Cobb Vanth was there. How did you, like, without all that, you know, like 20 Build years of, of 40 of, years. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As an, as a newer fan, I, I kind of knew it was coming because I, I had been spoiled a little bit, but I didn't know it was happening in this episode. So it was still, you know, surprising. Um, I did feel, all, I love all of the Western motifs that they're using it's kind of cool because they mix western motifs with mythology and um fairy tales i think emily wants to be let back into the room (laughs) i think she's she's waiting to be let back in (laughs) no she's she's not i've got ah she's down ah i'm so sorry (laughs) listen i i don't know how to i'm i don't know how to point this out with so i'll take a photo (laughs) and then no, because I just have to have evidence because Emily will not believe me unless I've got this. Because, see, see, look, Emily, I'll show you. See, I couldn't see your little window. You mm-hmm. weren't there, but then you were, you were down there on the next level. Hmm. Well, thank you, Hammy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I tried to get you in. <laughs> it's all good. We're, we're good now. <laughs> there's a lot of, um, there's a bit, huge movement in the chat at the moment here. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that's that's nice for my ego. Okay. All right. Um sorry, Hammy, can you go back to your thoughts? Because yeah, yeah, no, no problem. Well, a- I was a- gonna I was commenting a- on two a- things. Emily's a- Emily's self-importance <laughs> got in the way. So no, no, no. I, we we want her everyone included. No, it's fine. <laughs> um no, but I was uh commenting on both of your points. The Western, I love that it's the Western motifs, but also paired with the mythology, you know, later we'll get to it going into the belly of the beast. It's cool that it combines both of those aspects because that's what makes it Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to pull from different genres and kind of meld it all together. Uh, but for the big reveal that it was Timothy Oliphant under, <laughs> you know, the armor, that was a really fun surprise. So I actually didn't know about the multiple Bobas. So that was really ah, cool. Yeah, that was really fun. surprising to like watch. And it, and it was kind of reassuring. I know I've mentioned it before, but it's kind of reassuring as a newer fan that, okay, we're doing something different. There are still surprises to be had for all of the viewers. So when um, he sort of explained his backstory and, and how he got the, the armor and like, did that all sort of make sense? Cause I was, I think I was just like yelling during that bit <laughs> with joy, but did, 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 did that make sense? I mean, you have to buy into it, right? Like every part of Star Wars you have to buy into. But yeah, it it, it made sense, sure. (laughs) But but it's interesting because it's also, 
narratively, I think the one and all, maybe aside from Last Jedi, the one and only flashback in Star Wars I can think of where it's like somebody telling you what happened, right? It's like, mm-hmm. here's his version of the story. And maybe he's full of it. But he also doesn't paint himself in like a really flattering or interesting way where he like he yeah, runs away shot. and then he steals all the stuff and then he's like he passes out in the desert because he can't survive and he gets picked up and he's just like, I don't know, give me the armor, I'm out of here. Like if he's spinning a yarn, it's not a particularly good one. It, it was sort of yeah. like the, the Tatooine version of Dude, Where's My Car? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but this shot, that was when I was just... I oh, burst out laughing. Uh, like laughing, Burst. like happiness or ridiculous. Or... It was both because I was like, okay, like I that okay, fit, they're right? doing like Boba Fett is back, whether it's literally him or not. But it was just, it looks like someone wearing his dad's clothes. <laughs> 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 like they just, they don't fit. He's not the right fit. Yet it's like he's Timothy Oliphant, right? He's the tallest drink of water there is, and he still can't fit into that armor. <laughs> I yeah. I um, how, how did it hit you, Corey? Well, it was the actually it was before this moment. It was the moment where the uh, the title card came up and it said the Marshall, yes. and mm. that's when I made the connection that it was really Cobb Vanth. But yeah, when I first saw this, kind of to what um, Mitch was just saying, that's kind of how I felt too. I was like, whoa, that's that's a look, that is a look, and um. But I, I, you know, seeing the Boba Fett armor again just feels surreal because even though it was teased mm. last season, you know, now you're like, wow, there's a dude walking around in Boba's armor. How would he feel about that? And, and it's just, it's such a big payoff too for um, all of us who like read the books and play the games and, and, and read the comics because now one of those characters are quite literally in like the one of the number one shows streaming wise of all time it's just it's mind-blowing to me and there he is all right i'm trying to get this image up of what it reminded me of wait there stop screen sharing screen well why are you getting that up deal? yeah mate. The, the, just that response it was, it was interesting for me i i, I was in I, I it did look like it was a kid wearing his dad's clothes which is what i think was the great touch in that my 15 year old son when he first watched it went where did they get it from? And then when we saw the Jawa reveal, he we went, where did they get it from? You know, like it was that straight, it's just drawing us into the story, getting us, getting us. And then we get that, you know, marvelous little trip, little road trip off to the sail. What was the Salak pit? And the acknowledgement of how that all sort of rounds out. And and I just sort of turned and went, well, see, that's how they got it, right? That happens. Not even connecting that, you know, over thousands of years, maybe, maybe still alive, bounty hunters and survivors, right? Something I did love too is they call out specifically, like they insinuate pretty heavily that the crate dragon ate the sarlacc. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was just a throwaway line, and they've been yeah. doing more and more of this, where it's like, "Oh, you killed Aura Singh," and I'm like, "Well, oh, okay, like I guess that's just what happened now. I guess that's the yeah, world right. we live in is the crate dragons are just eating sarlaccs." Do, do you guys think that when the next crate dragon eventually, uh, you know, enters Star Wars and on Tatooine, he'll just like eat the Skywalker sabers and, and everything that's in the ground <laughs> at this point. It's, just, it's all done. Eat Shmee, everything. Just oh, I forgot. Yeah. In the graveyard. Out there. Yeah, she, she'd be down there getting all pickled by now. It'd be delicious. Um, like like turkey bacon. But this is what Cobb Vant, when he walked in, this is what it reminded me of. Was um, 
he was like in Boba Fett underoos <laughs> pajamas. Totally, totally. That was right up the alley. But there was this shot as well, which, like, I just feel like they're just like I feel like this episode is what our friend Hawes would be gushing about eight years ago, the day he found out that Disney bought Star Wars and they're going to make TV shows. Like, it's just like, and then Boba Fett can meet, like, Jodo Cast and, like, Jodo Cast was this other sort of, um, sort of fake wannabe Boba Fett that this, they're kind of doing, like, a, sort of like how Marvel sort of remixes a lot of, you know, like the Civil War storyline and stuff. They They are taking things and shifting it around and, and and they are fitting in, but it's not as sort of direct. Yeah, it's not as one to one as it was before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like even in um The Rise of Skywalker, there was there was stuff that um you know and, and sometimes people just by its very nature are against it. But it's sort of like, well, if it if it's good or how many different stories are there, there's there's gonna be some stuff. But this image was um just like it hit me and I was like this is this is some iconic action right here. Just chilling in the bar. Yeah. All Mandoed up. Mando's drink free on Monday at um <laughs> at the Skiffguards. At the Skiff is it is it a week no it's not a week is it a week way? Yeah, it's a week way. Week yeah. way. Week way. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. What, Sorry what everyone got Got, 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 I'll, I'll have to leave. I'll have to Emily myself. One of the things I, I, I liked this episode did is like, because there were so many people sort of like harumphing back when the rumors about Cobb Vanth being on started of like, oh, that's too like deep of a cut and nobody's going to know who he is. And I'm like, but no, you, you explained who he is on the show because it's yeah. a TV show. And that's what you do when you introduce any new character whether he exists in some other like form of media or not, you just you introduce him and then mm. everybody knows who he is and it's fine. And that turned out to be how it was. And the you show is telling its own story. story. So it doesn't have yeah. to tell the story that the book already did and filling in on all that. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah I fun. think that duality is really nice. Like no matter yeah, think, what level yeah. of fan you are, that you can jump into the story whenever you want and you can dig into it more if you want, but otherwise I thought I agree with you, Emily, they did a really good job of introducing his character. And, and yeah. And also he looks like this. Oh, don't steal. I am 100% cisgendered heterosexual male and seeing him take off the helmet and that something stirred inside me, man. He's amazing. He's toppled onto the floor. I, um, if they do not announce a Cobb Vanth action figure, on Mando Monday this week, <laughs> I am going to be livid. Uh, on um, Cobb on his um, Anakin Skywalker swoop bike. Thank you very Ooh, much. Yeah. That would be sick. But oh, I um, it, it's so weird because I videoed, so I've, I know all my reactions. When he came on, I was like, I just went dashing, dashing. <laughs> um, as Gabriella says. Uh, yep. very succinctly, that's a bloody specimen right there. Um, Mate. where are you from, Gabriella? Because that 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 reads quite Australian, so um, hey to you. Is what that is. 
how does he have he that hair? How does he have that hair after that helmet is on? It's so beautiful. Oh, solid point. It's a force. I mean, that's yeah. not a complaint. I think it's just the power of Timothy Olsen. Oh, is the force, well, is it? <laughs> that's it. It's the, it's the power of, of Cobb. Just take the helmet off, hair perfect. There we go. Here we go. Yeah, is Din Djarin the only Star Wars character who takes off his helmet and his hair is all messed up? Because I can't, I can't think of anyone else who's, uh, who's. Well, done you'd that. have to say that Anakin's hair was pretty messed up when he took his helmet off after the battle with Luke. Yeah, it's yes, yeah, so I would definitely say so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be, you know, that guy. <laughs> I did like that parallel, though. It, this is going back to season one, but um, when Dejaren's laying down and the helmet comes off, it did feel very, like like a callback oh, yeah. to that moment. Yeah, yeah, he oh, got see, punished. See, I called it. I called it. Where did her comment go? Yes, there you go. I'm an Aussie. I could. I, 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 I can read Australian. Don't worry about it. I also that. think it's a dude. Oh, really? Gabriel so. instead of Ga- Gabrielle. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, apologize if it's not. Well, I, I think whoever they, they should leave their options open. So um, <laughs> maybe they are. Because let's find out what Cobb's into and um, we'll work our way into that. I think he's into hair products just quietly. <laughs> Blow dryers. Uh, I'd be Sex Wedge has super chatted us with the comment, that hair. So that's, that's money well spent, buddy. I, mm. um, ah, and, um, and and the report is in. I am a man. Um, so we've we know it's a, it's an Australian man we've got on our hands here. Um, <laughs> and he is a bloody specimen. That's right. Oh wow! Um, I appreciate all the comments saying that Kylo has magic hair too. I agree with that. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, then. We blow some special effects budget. Oh, yes, we do. I this is what they're doing so well is they're finding things that I never knew I wanted to see, <laughs> <laughs> and then they are showing me, and then I am applauding. So, um, I, I. I had no interest in seeing a crate dragon. I thought it was just, you know, it's, it's quite often. I feel like we've all been burnt through um, just the the heavy references and stuff. But I don't know. I, I'm I don't know if I'm just blind to it because I just enjoy the episode or what. But it's it just seems smooth and 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 soothing references. Um, what do you reckon, Corey? Well, it's horrifying. That's that's for sure. Um, I also think it's cool that we kind of have a, like a, a Godzilla type Star Wars monster going on there. And actually, Charlie uh, Ashby in the chat as well mentioned this to me yesterday. How he kind of has like Zelo Beast vibes to him, uh, which I definitely think is accurate. Um, mm-hmm. And I also I don't know if you guys have seen this, but somebody made a hilarious video of the crate dragon as he's opening his mouth. Uh, and they, they inserted the uh, Ben Kenobi uh, line from a new hope where he screams and like <laughs> from the special editions and it's not accurate at all, but it's hilarious. And that's, you can hear that in the episode very faintly when the dragon really? screams. Like it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's genuinely oh. in the mix. You can oh, hear that. Like, cool. wow. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. 
That's great. I didn't catch it. My girlfriend pointed it out, and it was like another classic moment of like <laughs> from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what this show does so well is is putting all those in very subtly, uh, but enough for us to catch them occasionally. That's that's great. Now it's fun too, right? Like it's not consequential stuff. Like it right. it doesn't matter at all. None right. of the like callbacks and stuff really matter for what's happening. Yeah, but for dorks like us, we can yeah, it's like so cool pick up on, right? That's awesome. You you ah, oh, I actually just realized something about this image that I have up here. Oh, okay, I I never got that, but I will talk about it now. But speaking of dorks getting references, this one was so unnecessary so out of left field and so welcomed and that's Cobb's pod racer swoop bike which yeah i actually thought he was riding it on top but it's actually a side Go saddle side. type deal um did did anyone not like this i was in i thought it was a great callback that's, yeah it's yeah. awesome I love yeah. it. It's like a re- repurposing a pod racer engine to become a swoop bike is such a brilliant concept. And like, it feels very star Wars that like, I found this stuff out back and uh, yeah. I built something out of it. Oh, very and connected. Of, like you would, sorry, you got me. Honestly, it like goes with the whole oh, idea of like the armor, not fitting him. Like it's mm. a sort of like janky thing that he has. I mean, they live in Moss Pelga, right? As, as was determined, we saw in that conversation back when he first landed the crest, Mate, no one knows where Moss Pelga is. It's miles out of nowhere. It used to be here, and now it's gone. So the people that do manage to live there are just scavs and trading everything. So for him to have, whether he traded it or he found it or whatever, it's just this perfect fit into the universe of, you know, out here we just turn everything into everything else. Yeah, I I just started laughing because Malk said, you go Hammy. So my eyes went down <laughs> to Hammy, and Same. then I'm like, Apologies. I'm like, I'm like, oh, her mouth, her, she's frozen again. Sorry. God, she sounds like Emily. And then I looked at Emily's like on the other side. Of, and then I was, I was just like, that's, I've been on a wild goose chase trying to find guests Probably right now. Um, yeah, I just, I, I thought that was so cool. Corey, has anyone custom this up yet? Because, you know, you could grab a uh, episode one Anakin um, pod racer and, and start banging this together has anyone done that yet yeah i saw it this morning actually oh, uh, of course. Someone, yeah uh, out of lego someone made one out of lego which is cool Cobb, I'm, I'm finding this you guys um gush amongst yourself <laughs> well actually i mean i think the anakin if that is anakin's uh pod racer part is it's a really cool nod to obviously his character but also the significance of that particular race on Tatooine when you know in Phantom Menace um or it's just a you know reproduced part of Anakin's uh, pod because that's clearly the same you know color scheme it's you guys yeah, yeah, yeah. do you think that it's actually Anakin's or you think maybe it's just an offshoot I just saw someone in the chat Rob G in the chat saying that he likes the idea that because Anakin won that race Everybody just started making that model of pod racer to start winning races <laughs> yeah. and I think that's brilliant I love that yeah. that's what I believe mm. now yeah, yeah. Either way, I'm um I don't know, I, I just feel like when for me anyway, when the story's so good or it's you know, to me, I'm just so like I wonder if Ponda Barber walked through a scene, if I'd just be like, 
hey guys, Ponda Barber's back. Yes, it's all connected. Or I would be, I'd be rational, but um, I didn't feel very rational. I cannot find that. Corey, if you can, um, if you know where that is, I'd, I'd love to show it, but uh, otherwise. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm actually, I saw it on Twitter really. Ah, okay. I'm trolling Reddit for you now. It's got to be yeah. there somewhere. It well, you guys be. are scaring the internet. I'd, I'd love to know, um, Hammy and, and Lindo, the, like they're, they're on their bikes, they're heading to the place and they come into the canyon and then they cut like uh, Cobb pulls up sort of a bit sharp, forces Mando to get off. And this is where we see these, you know, uh, like the Tuscan dogs or hyenas, whatever. I, I don't have their name. I apologize. And at that point, like when I first started, no, they're dead. They are cooked. And then, of course, it made sense that with, um, because we know Mando is able to speak Tuscan and, and you know, works with them, but then him to be able to you know, calm the dogs and they come over and sort of pat. It was just this glorious moment that I, like my brain was like, of course that happens. Of course that ha- that's how it works for him. What do you think? I love with the t- anything with the Tuscan Raiders in um, in the man. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I apologize. Okay, it's your podcast, mate. It's fine. Anyway, I like that anytime the Tuscan Raiders are in the Mandalorian, that I get to wonder if um, a certain group of people should know they should be very angry about this or not. <laughs> like I just, I like, I love like all the messages about you know, the Tuscan Raiders point of view to the the settlers mm. and stuff, how it was, you know, their land and, and all that sort of stuff. It is a very, I don't know, some, some nice subtle things, but um, whoever was meant to answer that question, I'm, I'm going to sidle away. Cause I was, <laughs> I was looking, I was, Pulling up the next picture. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on here, right? It's okay. It's good. It's, there, we're there, all there, good. <laughs> there's live. There's streaming. It's, it's. Emily was down there before. Just, just. I'm just going to have a rest over here. Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to say to kind of bring all of this together um, with possibly, you know, Anakin's swoop bike model and then also the dogs that were in attack of the clones and then um what you had just mentioned with the tuscan raiders and then um kind of humanizing them i think that it's also kind of i my first impression was like a callback to the symbiote conversation from phantom menace as well that Mm. um you know you have the people the humans of naboo and then the gungans and they have to work together so this whole episode just kind of felt very prequel-esque in that way Mm. it wasn't just of course we get the original trilogy references but i really really appreciated that they were kind of linking all of the trilogies together we didn't get too much sequel trilogy but i'm waiting for it i'm hoping we get something maybe a baby ben solo later (laughs) or something like that it's hard to reference it in this timeline right 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 of course (laughs) and i i I, i'm so scared to talk now that um I'm I'm just going to comment in the chat. So good point, Hammy. <laughs> I think Emily was going to comment as well after me, and then we can and then we can go back. <laughs> I mean, I mean, my 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 comment is is just that I'm very easily pleased because I'm just like space puppies and was just like entranced because you're puppies. just playing with the little wolves. That's the best space puppies, Lindo. Amazing. Now. This reference, no one has mentioned. Charlie Ashby is on it. He knows the Star Wars lore. He says, I thought it was a really cool nod that this planet was the same one from the beginning of 1977 Star Wars. What? Now, now, Hammy, Hammy, and I had no idea. You're a pretty new fan, Hammy, so you might not have picked up on that. But, no, um, I did not. It's good we've got, like, keepers of the lore. 
like Charlie Ashby in the UK that uh, watch your back, Pablo Hidalgo. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, t- Timothy's got a good s- sequel trilogy reference for you. Amazing hair. True. It's true. The, Sometimes um, even both suns shine on a Wombrat's tail. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. That's um. Don't say that one three times fast. Uh, <laughs> The I um, Mitch, this is something that you've um, this is your wheelhouse, and and that is uh, going back and and reminiscing and retelling and and seeing the the dramatic effects of that battle of Endor. I love this. I love mm. this so much because we had talked about on Battlefront, like, can we show, like, people watching this on TV or on the Mm. the internet is and so we're like, all of it, people probably see this. But I didn't know, like, we never were sure, like, did they get footage or are they broadcasting it as propaganda? Is it on the news? We had no idea. I love that we're seeing this, just like normies out in the Star Wars universe seeing the Death Mm -hmm. Star explode and just being psyched. I I just, I don't know, there was something about, yeah, it, it was just so... Well done. And just such a fun little quick surprise. Yeah. And also, which I think is very important, and I feel like sometimes the, the movies have sort of forgotten about it, but it's it lets people know where this is. Yeah. Like mm. when, when mm. this is happening in, in the timeline. You can instantly, if you're sort of just clicked on it and you're like, oh, okay, so this is after Return of the Jedi. Uh, also when um, Cobb says... The when the death, one. yeah, the, the second, second one. one. Yeah, I thought he meant. Yeah, it. I love that he clarified. <laughs> Underscores the, it, right? at home. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it felt like a snarky Twitter comment to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what I was into because I am into snarky Twitter comments. But it was nice. It was nice also getting to see um, the bar scene because it was kind of getting to see local people. They're not the heroes of the galaxy, right? It's just everyday people who are... And then, of course, the consequences for them of the Empire's fall is that they're immediately taken over by the mining... Was it Mining Guild or Mining... I, I think it was the local miners. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they have like an organization, have though. Timothy yeah. Oliphant, Raylan Givens in a non-mining town. It's not possible. <laughs> You gotta write it in. Yeah, it's law. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was a guild, Hammy. It was something like it was a, it was some form of club. They mm-hmm. had a name where it was like, hey, we mine and we're together. I'm pretty sure it was a mining guild. Practice. Okay. <laughs> Braxton is I mean, there. Weekway's place really was the Moss Pelgo version of Cheers, wasn't it? Where everybody knows your name. now um the next scene where they come face to face with the tuscans and we are that was a mining collective that's what it was oh it was collective collective yes matt pulls it out that that sounds more they sound more hippie than a guild. You know, we're a collective, man. We're just trying to dig up some rocks. We're a mining co-op, okay? Yeah. While, yeah. while we take we over vote. the bar, we're That's just right. peacefully taking over. They're certainly uh, not there because they can shoot straight. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have I, terrible masks that don't let them see anything. There, there, there was that sort of bit of like, he's got the suit on. So now he can shoot four people before they turn yeah. around. Like it did give you that special. I'm glad he got shot once. Mm-hmm. So at least the suit 
Because otherwise it was like, hey, mate, you could have walked in there like three weeks ago and done that. But that that one shot. So when he walked in, did you guys get the impression that everyone thought he was Boba Fett? Yeah, because everyone yeah. was yeah. kind of ah. scared automatically. I didn't. I wasn't sure if it was that they knew he was Boba Fett or just a Mandalorian. Like, yeah. just seeing the armor would mm-hmm. make them scared. But right. they, they definitely were scared as soon as he walked well, in. Well, the silhouette, right? It freaked me out. Yeah. Oh my, yeah. It's, it's a Mandalorian that's just woken up. <laughs> He's just out of bed. Shh, shh. Now, Corey. Yeah. There's something special in this scene, something we've all been waiting for. Whereabouts is this? I think it's actually past the scene. Uh, it's where uh, they're looking at the crate dragon for the first time. Oh, okay. So it's still, okay. All right. Well, there's yeah. some good sizzle. There's something coming yeah. up that's very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. Definitely word for it. Um, so, yeah, they meet with the Tuscans. And again, I, I, I like... They like what this show has done for Tuscans. Wasn't a big Tuscan fan. Kind of annoying, you know. Mm. Um, but how they've sort of delved into their culture and sort of, I don't know, sort of explained their side without like ruining the mystique is um, quite exceptional. What's your Tuscan Raider uh, rating, Emily? I'm very pro Tuscan Raider. I've I've loved that we've gotten more of them. It's sort of incredible that we have, but I, I really like the place that they fit into on this show. I like that we've gotten their language. I love how much of it is sign based. I think that's just a really cool inclusion to the show. And also like it really, really like draws draws a line under, you know, like how easily we've seen characters murder them before. Mm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, I like it when someone does something bad, but then there's an explanation, like, do you know what I mean? They're not bad people. They're just like doing, they've got to protect their little Tuscan babies. And they're, they're, yeah. they're, the they're, way Mando explained yeah, it, he's like, yes, they're brutal. Yeah. But they also would have a right to live. Mm-hmm. And I think it, they mentioned the water as well when yeah. um, mm. Cobb was tra- taking the drink of water and uh, the Tuscan translates through Mando saying, oh, well, you took their water, so now you w- will refuse a drink from them. Yes. I was like, ooh. It's, about, <laughs> it's spot on, right? It, it, it's really that great acknowledgement. You know? Just like Jawas need their mud horn egg, so the, the Tuscans are surviving in a land we assume they're indigenous to um, mm-hmm. and, and absolutely have just made it go, but these people have arrived from wherever they arrived from and disturbed their whole way. So there's that great friction that's gone on and we've only ever seen them up until now, up until the Mandalorian, be the bad guys. And mm. here we are understanding that actually there's there's obviously a deep and rich culture connected to who they are and why they live and all of that sort of stuff. It's not that they're just out there. They, they are brutal people, but they live in a brutal place. You walk away from home, you're going to be dead in a couple of days. It's done. Oh, no, that line, it's like, it was something like they are brutal, but so's the Dune Sea or something. Oh, yeah, it was just like, was oh, I, maybe mm. I, I, I felt like going to get a tattoo after that. I felt tough just just hearing <laughs> such a line. Um, but it does, you know, it does clarify what we've all known. That Klee Glass, he's the he's the real. Oh no, actually not Klee, not Klee. He's a hero. Owen Lars, villain. 
Phil. Oh, Charlie Asprey. He's he's saying the whole family. Baru. Um. <laughs> oh my God, Baru. I can't even think about Baru Lars anymore. Mm. Um. Oof. Oh. I mean, the Nexium cult really did her in. That's for sure. Oh my, oh my God, that was the like. Ah, oh, this is a great segue, you guys, because that I'm talking about the vow. It's on HBO. It has the most harrowing, worst Star Wars reference of all time um, in it. But we will transfer to possibly the most feather touched, best. Star Wars reference ever. Here we go. Mm. We don't need it mentioned. We don't need it pointed out. We don't need like Cobb straying next to like um, Din and him saying, no, no, single file. Mm-hmm. Mm. We just, we've got to show a shot of him walking across the desert. Let's put him in a single file. So a bunch of cashed up, Nerdy morons stare at the screen. No offense, everyone. Um, I'm speaking for myself, except for the cashed up bit. Um, I just cheered. I, I was, it, it's a Star Wars reference. It's um, just like in the movie. <laughs> just like a Star the movie. Wars reference in a Star Wars TV series. Who would have thunk it? Dude, so good. I have so- to imagine, like, part of me thinks a lot of this Tuscan stuff is backdoor, like, warm up for Kenobi. Like he yeah. has to be doing a lot more of this stuff. Like he does it in the novel, like the Kenobi novel. He's he's in in thick as thieves with the with the Tuscans, and he speaks their language. And I have to imagine this is going to be kind of just prepping you. Like they're not all terrible. They're not just mindless monsters. They're people. They have a society. Well, I think what's interesting about that is I remember I think it was a it's still a legend storyline where the Tuscans um, brought in somebody, and it was I, I, was it. Arshard Hutt, is that how you say his name? Um, he, he was a Jedi, a fallen Jedi after Order 66, ah, yeah, yeah. who survived. And I guess he didn't really know what to do with his life. And uh, the Tuscans brought him in. Uh, and he became a Tuscan raider, like like Jedi, Sith, kind of in the middle. Um, but I do wonder if they would ever like explore a storyline like that again. Because you could easily do something like that in Kenobi where you have this antagonist Tuscan Raider who's also a Jedi um, who could be a problem. So it does feel like a setup for something, though. Yeah, I, um, I love when people are like, okay, this is fine, but no more Tatooine. And then you've got Ben Kenobi waiting with his series, just going, <laughs> sorry, dude, we're going back. Yeah, We're doing six. Limited episodes. Because you know they're not going to leave. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, Mitch, you're winning me over because you're making Tatooine a lot more palatable for someone who is kind of tired of Tatooine after December. I'm the December. same way, but I'm also so. so damn excited for this. Yeah, oh. yeah. No, but I love that, though, that there could be building backstory for future storytelling. So yeah. that's great. So, mm. Hammy, I, I, I don't want to bring up any wounds. <laughs> But as the sequel trilogy fan that you are, does that does going back to Tatooine does that bring up some bad final minutes of Star Wars movie memories? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'll be honest, it does. <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole side of fandom that's not very happy, but that's okay. I mean, it, it's you know, they'll do something for that side of fandom at some point. <laughs> I um, 
to be honest, like I, I, I was disappointed with the rise of Skywalker and, and the Mandalorian has, it's, 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 it's like that Bacta spray that they spray on Din's head. That, that's what it did to my little Star Wars heart. Like, and oh. now I, I feel like I'm after this episode, I'm just like, I'm back to full strength. That's good. That's I, good. I, like I'm, I'm back to the Force Awakens level Star Wars, man. Ooh, like, come on. Now, um, Corey. Mm-hmm. The next scene with the uh, the Tuscans and our and our little Boba gang that we're yeah. going to look at is um, them at the mouth of the cave. And um, the Star Wars fandom has been just just on tender hooks about the return of the one, the only, our boy, your boy, my boy, Toro Calacan. Now, Emily, he's very close to you. I hope that's okay. I hope... Um, you don't mind about that, but but we've we've got a Toro reference in this scene. Explain yourself. Would you uh, care to take us through this glorious moment in the Star Wars canon? Yeah. Okay. So uh, in Chapter Five last year, uh, we got that scene where Toro and Din are uh, talking to the first, or rather doing the sign language to the first Tuscan Raider. And uh, Din gives the Tuscan Raider uh, Toro's binoculars. In this episode, mm. you see the Tuscan Raiders constantly uh, going through this, this binocular with Mando and with other Tuscan Raiders. And I put it together on my second rewatch. I just started laughing because I just thought about Steel. And it was like, he's going to lose it when I tell him. Um, but yeah, there's your Toro Calican reference right there. That's his binocular still working. And uh, so you know, he's still alive in a way uh, through the Tuscan Raiders. So. Now, every Thursday, except for all the days that Corey's busy, which is quite a few, and, and some days he has to do it to a different day, but almost every Thursday, hardly any Thursdays, me and Corey get together and I try to troll the internet for um, as many Toro Calican references as possible, and it's a it's a it's a great segment, very popular, sweeping the nation, the world, called Toro Watch. Now, normally I sing the theme song because oh, I'm... we're not there yet, Steel. Oh no, we're not there yet. You haven't converted me fully. No, this but you, buddy. No, but no, 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 no. This is the deal, buddy. If you bring the Toro reference. You have to sing the song. That's how it goes. So, okay. are, are you ready to do Where it? For us? I I know the first sentence of the song. Where's it's Noah? It's like two sentences long. What are you talking about? Yeah, Emily. Emily hates the segment, and she even knows. I just know the Torah watches in the song. I, I try drowning it out every time you sing it, so I, I don't know uh, exactly how. It's, where's Noah? He's not here right now. So, okay. So, I, I'll give you the words. Right? It's it's okay. it's it's it's, it's, it's Toro watch. What a bounty hunter. Toro watch. Handsome guy. And then when the watch appears, you go, Toro watch. I hate this. All right, let's go. Hey, buddy, I'm not the one that brought the Toro watch. 
and 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 it's a pun because they're looking through it. Wow. Like so, we're watching them watch through Toro's wow. watching device. You are going to use this for quite some time. Yeah. Oh, that was. <laughs> That's ring theory at its finest. <laughs> you just buried yourself, Corey. Wow. Oh, yeah, Good man. life. All right. Are you ready, Corey? Are you ready, buddy? Tora Watch, Best Bounty Hunter. Tora Watch, Handsome Guy. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Go ahead, let's go. Tora Watch, Best Bounty Hunter. Tora Watch, Handsome Guy. Tora Watch. <laughs> Nailed it. Timing is perfect. <laughs> I know this seems weird to everyone else, but to me is um, that <laughs> is amazing. Uh, thank you, Corey. Welcome. I um, ah, Kieran um, says there was not enough heart in that rendition. Really? God, he's gone um, real yeah. American, American Idol, Simon Cowell on you. Um, you'd probably have a similar accent as well. Um, do you want to give it another shot or are you happy with that one? Do, no, I do not. I <laughs> enjoy that first clip forever until I inevitably, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know about this, but steel and I last week, I promised him if, if Toro returns in the season, I will get a tattoo of Toro watch for sure. So I'm, I was anxious throughout the first episode because the minute that we saw um, Amy Sedaris's character, I was like, oh, oh, okay. And then when he got on the speeder bike and it was Tatooine, I just started going, is it, is it possible that I'm going to get tattooed after this episode? Or uh, It's so that kind I, of energy, Corey, that just builds into your anticipation for the whole app. Oh, yeah. Well, now I'm, the whole season, I'm thinking it's a possibility. <laughs> so. Well, now yeah. I want Toro to come back. So. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm suddenly sure. we all are invested in Toro. Yeah, I'm pretty sure John Favreau is watching and went, hey, that's a great idea. I really should have done that. Yeah, I'm sure. Dude, <laughs> like, I'm just saying, he might be back next week. They're still on Tatooine. Um, now, now, Corey, I'm going to blow your mind. Okay. So... You know how I love, um, like, merch and stuff, like T-shirts and stickers and all that stuff? Right. All right. So because Toro Watch has been such a success, I decided to take the brand and develop. You're not going to believe this. I've partnered up with some random company, and we have developed the Toro Watch Company. Um These are there's an actual brand of Toro watches on the market. Check this out. Look, there's a watch, and you click. It's got Toro on it. It's a Toro watch that we're looking at during this Toro watch. What? Does it get more meta? And um, oh. Emily, you're not left out because there's a lovely woman's line of Toro watches as well. So okay. um, I, know, I know you're a big fan of the segment. Um, <laughs> oh my, a, a 130 bucks down to 90. So, um, oh, and Matthew Mole, handsome watch. Yeah. Good reference. Good reference. <laughs> so why am I actually tempted by that watch? Um, this has to be a joke. It is not. It is just... Um, 
the internet at its best. Thank you very much, everyone. Um, wow. It's interesting. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you ready to get copyright oh. strikes now? Because uh, there's, there's a Torah Watch brand. <laughs> that would be... I'd take it. I think they'd, um, unlike, you know, Disney and Lucasfilm, I feel like they'd embrace the fandom. Yeah, I smell a partnership opportunity. Um, yeah, that, that, that'd be more than happy. Great now, opportunity for the license. Then, oh, good use of the license. Good use of the license. Then we get to the um, the Crate Dragon's lair. And R.I.P. The Tuscan. Mm. I, I, the, the creature, he didn't even end up eating the bantha. No. I was so worried the entire time. Uh, where is this giant dude? Oh, how did we miss the track? Ah, oh, and then the, um, when they were, um, yes. not to scale, doing the scale, that sounded like your, um, you're like Wolfpack live stream, Corey, with everyone complaining about the scale of toys and stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Excellent reaction. Um, I, I love in any film or television when they set up a little like makeshift diorama to show what, what what's going to go down. And I, I, I didn't feel like their plan lived up to the diorama of opportunities. I'm not, I'm not sure what pouring extra rocks down really does in the end to your strategy, but it, it did make for a, a pretty sweet uh, joke. I think that we have to accept the wheels had fallen off at that point, right? Like it, it was very, the whole episode, even this bit, especially underscored, it felt very Magnificent Seven, um, except that with, you know, Mando and, and the child rolling into town, it's really like Magnificent 1.1. Um, it, it, I, I enjoyed the fact that they were bringing everyone together. We all have to work together to solve this problem. <laughs> and, and in a very Star Wars kind of payoff, the only thing that the Tuscan want is the carcass. Yes, yes. And, oh, what a carcass. Now, um, mm. I always like to acknowledge the, um, you know, you've got the stars, but, the background actors are always putting in. Check this dude, old, like whoever's playing shovel guy with goggles, earned his SAG dues or whatever that much. Check check this guy out. Look at him. <laughs> so much emotion. No lines. Emotion. That's all he's got. He is just ready to shovel a Tuscan in the head. <laughs> yeah, but he has to go through the team of the elephant to get there. Mm, um, yeah, so that's yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> You're not going to get. You need a shovel to get through that haircut. I tell you that much. Um, <laughs> beyond the blast doors, um, a great uh, podcast network. They want to know anyone curious how a crate dragon kills a sarlacc because that concept is stuck in my head. I, I think it's in the new you, but um, did not the sail barge end up killing the sarlacc? Is that is that new no. or old new? Don't know. I don't think it did. But... Okay. No. I yeah, I assumed the, the, the it was just that the crate dragon like 
chomped on. To yeah, chomp yeah. On I hit understand. Crate dragon eats understand. Yeah. yeah. I actually would love to see that scene. How the Christ yeah. destroys the Dalek. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless Boba just went ham on it, that's definitely possible. Oh, I, I want that was well, uh, strategy, right? I mean, how did he get out? I guess that's the big question, right? right? Yeah. Oh, a, a good story for another time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but is that time this season? Like, Hammy, you bring up a good point. Imagine a flashback of Boba. Because remember, um, you know, way back in the podcast, Malk and Emily will probably remember this, our, our buddy Justin Hamilton would always talk about what he wanted to see in Disney Star Wars was the Sarlacc pit and then the hand coming out as he, you know, it's Boba Fett dragging himself out. Um, this is sort of like the, the thrilling thing, how, we, you know, we saw the Death Star blow up on TV, um, is are we going to get a, a look back from Boba Fett to things that happened, like, are we going to get Boba Fett perspective return of the Jedi era goings on flashback? Because, oh, oh, um, I, I feel like I should go apologize to my wife now at the possibility of that happening and me screaming at um, about 12.45. Um, Look, if anybody's going to come out with some daddy issues, it's going to be Boba Fett, right? He's had a lot of time in the Sarlacc stomach, stomach um, to work oh, yeah. through the fact that as a child, he saw his father get beheaded. Uh, he went into a life of bounty hunting. He thought he had his nemesis captured, uh, ended up falling into the Sarlacc pit because of him. Uh, and then in some way, somehow, he and his armour have become separate. Um, he's got a lot of stuff to work through, man. I mean, there's not a counsellor on Tatooine that can help that guy out. <laughs> but imagine- well, I think it's kind of it's kind of foreshadowed a little bit, right? If we, because we saw Mando go into the belly of the beast, right? So will we see that again? Will we see? It? Is that foreshadowing what we're going to see later with Boba? I don't know. I don't know if that's really necessary, and maybe it's that we already saw it happen, so we don't need to see it one for one with Boba. But yeah, <laughs> all of this piled on top of the marshal saying well i hope our paths cross again yeah I mean, we have at least one more tattooing episode this yeah, season. yeah well, for sure, for sure. What, what's interesting is um one of the the guy who does the um sign language uh for the tuscan raider said today on twitter <laughs> that he's uh gonna have a season three episode so i think that kind of confirms that we are gonna go back to tattooing again Interesting. Um, Sex Wedge has super chatted us with remember the Banthers that sacrificed their lives in this episode. Is there anything greater Poor than Bomb Banthers, though? Like, I love Banthers. I was so sad to see them go. Didn't want that one to get chomped. But <laughs> strap a bunch of bombs to them. Oh my God. <laughs> the recipe for comedy. <laughs> Wow! I know when it tried to run away, and poor Mando's like on the leash, like holding on to him. I liked. Um, I'm just trying to pause it on the exact spot because I was so I, I, I so fanned out at um, you know the the tradition of the Tuscan Raiders and the single file. You know this age old tradition, and then just like that. It's it's wherever they want to go. It's, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? We're out here. 
so, when, yeah. the, when the crate dragon's coming up, it's 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 whatever goes. It's whatever goes. Yeah. Um, righty, no sweat. Sorry. Um, then the crate dragon comes out, eats a bunch of things. It's it's to and and froing, and to me, just one of the the messed up. Oh, I've got to bring up. Starship Troopers gets a big nod with the the acid spit, which mm. um, it's. I, I feel like in these COVID days, that's how we treat everyone's spit these days. <laughs> Not that I, like I used to like like lick up people's spit last year or anything like that, but mm. now more than ever, it's uh, it's a daunting thing, and just seeing like you know, the giant bug, you know, or the crate dragon, but like Starship mm. Troopers and then get exploded from the inside. I was like, I don't know. There's, there's something about a giant creature getting exploded from the inside that, that will win me over. Mitch, you seem passionate mm. about this topic. That, I just, I just loved that shot of, and yeah. it's like, it's such a cool, like snake dinosaur. And again, I didn't want any harm to come to any of the animals, but again, it's a lot of bombs. <laughs> and the, the shockwave of that thing exploding is just such a like a wonderful shot that I didn't expect. It made it feel really big in a way that I wasn't expecting. And I also yeah. just love that Mando walks away from all this. He's like, yeah, sure. I'll take this like pot roast on the back of my bike right on. Let's go. Yes! <laughs> so good. The minute that he lands and turns and it's all still sort of dust settling behind him. And all you see is him walking away going, yeah, I got this. Like the whole thing is in a mess. He's cool. And yeah, that's right. Almost the next shot we see is, here's a chunk of meat on the back of my bike. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. When he goes to, um, when it goes to this shot and Din's sort of working out a plan, he's like, and they show him with all the bombs, the banter with all the bombs. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, oh, 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 mm. okay. I don't think he's going to um, take the time to take them off. I thought that was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, what was funny is there was a, there was a scene where, um, the Mandalorian, like when the Kray Dragon's coming up for the first time, he he tells the Banth, he's like, it's going to be okay. Well, he's got bomb straps in. I'm like, well, in like two seconds, it's not going to be okay. It's literally going to blow up. <laughs> That's right. Very sad. I The whole thing, and with both of them jetpacking, I just felt like I was reading like a Dark Horse comic. Yeah. And it, it was just a great, just... I say like shaking up Star Wars and it's all there. And when he made, you know, talk about how much I love a return of the Jedi reference when he like made Boba Fett's, you know, but it was Cobb's jetpack, like go off by just hitting the side of it. Look after the kid. Yeah. I was like, no, don't do that. I, I, I thought that was, um, the best is this like interesting is that like baby yoda didn't really do much this episode but i thought that was kind of interesting too because there were all these close-ups of the baby watching all this happening so i'm wondering if we're gonna see some more dark side from baby yoda because he's seeing all this violence and it's getting pretty normalized for him so i don't know i just thought about that and he jumped into the spittoon. Remember, he was standing in the <laughs> bar and, the shade. and we cut to him afterwards and just this little baby, you know, the little child mm-hmm. head popped up out of the spittoon. It's like, man, there's some nasty stuff. That been I just realized it's a spittoon because you said that. Yeah, Before, yeah, yeah. I was like, it's a ah, bucket. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just after mm. I spoke out against spit. That's um, Nappy change on all four things. 
That's, Sorry, that's diaper horrible. change. Now, um, I love just... that Cobb calls him on the, like that. You really, you're just doing all this stuff in front of this little baby. Mm-hmm, exactly. Well, because it started with the prologue, right? He sees the wrestling match, and oh, this is nowhere, no place to bring a child. Mm. <laughs> it's just kind okay. of interesting because yeah, he's going to teach enough... Baby Yoda right and wrong when it comes to the force i now think you're onto something hammy not just like oh it'd be interesting if the baby seeing the violence being normalized like i genuinely think because there's enough references in this episode that i do think you're onto something yeah because they did a lot of close-ups of the baby watching and that's all he does whereas in the season in the first season we get a lot of the baby actually doing stuff right so he was very quiet this episode and i I think that's like such a good, you know, how, you know, Hammy brings that up and then Mitch is jumping onto it. It's such a good thing about this show in that they've earned the right for us to take little things that are said Mm. and go, oh, hey, they might be setting that up for something later on. Yeah. Which makes watching a TV series and, you know, making 87 hours of content about it like so much more enriching when it's not just like random splatterings and, you know, people say stuff and it's never sort of referenced again. I, I, I just like, I have such like a confidence in the show to like, yeah, you just do your thing. I might not like the idea of it, but let, let's see how you do it. And then you end up with shots Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Like this bad boy, if I can get it up, bang! Yeah, so good. Like a fun callback to the premiere as well, the season one premiere when he's like jolting the walrus off of his ship. It's like, oh, oh I, yeah. I genuinely forgot he had this as a tool in his toolbox. So mm. it's a fun way to bring it back. Yeah, yeah. That was so dope. Then as we um talked about at the top of the episode we get the return Mm. of Boba Fett Um, what a great touch honestly from John Fav uh, and the casting and and like the whole mob behind the Mandalorian to go we need someone to play this character Let's get to Warren Morrison. Let's get the guy yeah. who played Django Fett because Bob is a client of Django. Let's get him to be the guy. That's so great. And such a great fan kind of hat tip to say, oh, no, this is a deep cut. You'll be in on this. Yeah. I, I don't know how I'd deal with it if it wasn't him. Yeah, We wouldn't yeah. know who it was. If it was literally right. any other actor, we'd be like, what was that finale? What is that epilogue? Mm-hmm. We have no Who's idea. Who's the dude in whiteface? Yeah. We would have no yeah. <laughs> thought that, that it was Boba Fett at all. Yeah, because, I wouldn't have liked if it wasn't him. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think even from my diversity perspective, I think a lot of fans would have been really disappointed yeah. if it wasn't him. Hundred percent. And and also because of the nature the nature of his character and 
like we've seen what he grows up to look like. There's a whole movie about this guy grows up to look like these dudes. So yeah. Jared, I, I'm sure they could get, you know, a, a, another actor to sort of the, a Maori actor that, that sort of suited it, like looked a bit like him, but to have him back, like he just, he also seems like a super sweet guy. So mm. it's always cool to sort of welcome back these actors oh, yeah. that have sort of done the right thing by Star Wars all these years. And, um, you know, they're not on the Graham Norton show wondering what character they played in um, one of the biggest motion pictures of all time. No offence mm. to Kira Knightley. I um, I probably <laughs> wouldn't have remembered it either if I was her. But um, <laughs> Bob is back. Um it's just tremendous. I, 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 I'm just so happy for our friend Hawes. Oh yeah, we've had oh, so yeah. many Bobanier misses. Let's um, let's head to the wrap up because we've got some crew that um, have to bail. We might. Um, I'll stick around anyway and uh, do some questions in the chat. Anyone that wants to do that can do that. But. Um, Let's go around the board. I'm not sure if everyone... Oh, yeah, everyone would be in the same order as me. So let's start with Steve Mulk. What is your score out of... Emily, should we do it out of five or out of ten? Ten. All right, out of ten, Emily has adjudicated. This is an insight into our... Whenever I've got a question in my life, it's just, Emily, should I do this? And, And she's... Linda, right there. Right with me. So we want a um, score out of 10, some final thoughts. Where do you reckon it's going? A spectacular launch for season two. I think this sets up a a whole great new bunch of questions across the series. And we know there's other stuff coming that really only got touched on either in the recap or that we know is coming because we've paid attention. So there's some brilliant other stories to play into this. So it, it was just a, a brilliant touch. We didn't have to overplay um, the child's force powers. That just he was a passenger for the whole episode. That was really nice. Uh, I am one thousand percent in. This gets a solid nine point nine five out of ten from Malk. Excellent, Mitch. Where you at? A little bit lower. I'm thinking like an eight out of ten. It's a great episode. It's for me. I was surprised how interested I was, how engaged I was with a lot of the the subjects and the familiar familiar characters and things that I mm. wasn't at all looking forward to. Um, Hammy, I think you kind of saved it for me right at the end because my biggest criticism of this episode is that it didn't really seem to matter. It was a lot of fun, but it didn't really mm. kind of contribute to the overall quest and the reuniting of the the child with his people and this the whole premise of this season. Right. So, ah. Uh, uh, Ah, Mitch, we have to remember. Yes, people, people complained about that episode five, The Gunslinger, that it didn't <laughs> add to it. Tora Watch. We never My, left Tora no, Watch. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm not Tora watching. But see, see how like I'm not even talking about Tora watch, and you guys have just found out about it, and you're like tapping your hand. Let's do a Tora watch. Corey wants to sing it again. It's, it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> Hammy's sort of wishing she got into Marvel instead. It's, it's, it's no, 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 no. I don't. We would understand. I do not wish I got into Marvel. No offense to Marvel fans. <laughs> but I. I trust them that it's going to weave into, like, do you know what I mean? Like, the first season, you know, you had, like, um, 
you know, Kuehl and IG-11 and Cara Dune and people like, oh, they were good, but, you know, it was too bad we didn't get more of them, whatever. And then in the last few episodes, they all A-team together. And so I have confidence. I have faith. That um, we're going to get some more payoffs. And, of course, you know, we've got Boba. But there is a question for you in the chat um, from Kieran Mitch. He says... Mitch, I would have loved to see Shriv and Zay in episode nine. Mm-hmm. How would you feel if Shriv and Iden were in an upcoming episode of Mando? If if you got, Mitch, the, the Windegg treatment and you got one of your characters um, bang up there on the sweet streaming services of uh, Bobby I. I think I would literally black out. <laughs> like, I just gone. I don't. I wouldn't know what to do because I don't. If it's happening, I don't know. So that would be a delightful surprise to just see these characters that we had co-created uh, on Battlefront for uh, for a game showing up on a TV show. Like the timelines, right? I think it's great. I think Shiv's a great fit. I think personality-wise, he fits in with a lot of this cast. Great idea. What if Shriv has teamed up with a vengeful? Toro Calican and he oh how dare you <laughs> I think well, I will say I do think that duo would be amazing. Thank you. Because Shriv much. would hate him. Well, there's yep. gotta be there's gotta be one. There's gotta be one. Um and what was your score, Mitch, out of ten? An eight uh, an eight. A great eight. episode. Okay. Let's go to Emily. Um, I think I'm probably also around an eight, maybe an eight and a half. This episode was a lot of fun. I think I've been so excited since we heard rumors that Timothy Oliphant was going to be on and he was perfect. And I like that they already brought in Boba Fett just to sort of like, even if we don't see him again for a couple episodes, to like just cutting that anticipation, I think is good. Um, I'm still slightly concerned about this season in terms of how I'm going to feel like um, when we, when we see Cara Dune and Gina Carano again, that's sort of hanging heavy over the season for me. But this episode, like purely on this, it was a fun start back. I love this show. There was all sorts of like cool little bits. The Banthas were awesome and just lots of little baby Yoda. I'm, I'm happy. Excellent. And what was your score out of 10, Emily? Uh, eight. Eight. Corey Van Dyke. It says nine on your beanie, in case you didn't know. Um, <laughs> Thank you. What do you, uh, what do you give it out of 10 and, and, and what are your final thoughts, my man? Yeah, I think uh, I'd give it an eight as well. Um, I think the biggest payoff in recent history of, of bringing Boba Fett back into the story is just super exciting. Um, bringing somebody as awesome as Tamora Morrison back from the prequels is just like, again, it's a dream. And mm-hmm. what I'm really loving about Mando in this episode really proves it is how much they're willing to incorporate everything into this show, the books, the comics, the shows, yeah. all of the films, it's everything into one. And, um, you know, I, I am kind of on the thinking that I, I don't want to see Tatooine too much again either. Like, I'm fine with it being in Kenobi. But I'm influencing was... everyone. I'm such a bad influence. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, 
I, I'm this honestly was the best Tatooine story we've ever gotten, I think. So it made it worth it. Um, and I, I'm ready to move on from it. And uh, I think just one thing to point out real quickly that, that I thought of last night was I think this episode also confirms that it was Boba who was by uh, Phoenix's body at yep. the end of the last season or the chapter five. So I think this is just it's it's a massive tease at what's to come. And I think that's mm. what I loved about it so much is it's a great setup episode. And uh, yeah, it was it was John Favreau did a phenomenal job. Yeah, and, and it's so soothing that like there's all this stuff to come. Yeah, and it's planned. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? They I might that. chop and change as they go, but it's yeah. like it's laid out. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, now and big ups to John Favreau. This is his first directing. Of yeah, the directing. Oh, and he nailed mm. it. That aspect ratio. Smashed it out of park. Oh yeah, I noticed yeah. that too. That was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Hey, Corey. I don't know much about John Favreau. Has he been involved in any um, Disney movies at all? <sighs> Yeah, yeah. If, if if you don't know, you can check out the uh, Disney Gallery. He'll tell you. He'll tell you exactly what you need to know. I don't know if you knew, but uh, there's this there's this director, old director named Kurosawa too. Uh, you'll you'll know that John Favreau uh, loved Kurosawa. I I know Corey so well. I can play him like one of those pull cord toys. Now, Hammy, before we get your up score, I don't mean to trigger you, but this this rock in my hand. Oh no! <laughs> it is oh, actually no. it is actually from Tatooine, from Tunisia. Okay. Well, no, it's from Death Valley in. Oh, per- oh, even better. Because I've got it. I've got it set up. I recreate the um the Blu-ray scene where George um CGI'd in uh, a rock, so I have it set up with um R two D two. And I, and I think it's like ironic that it's like a practical rock doing the effect. So I didn't mean to trigger you there, but I just wanted to say that we are in the presence of actual Tatooine parts. <laughs> so tread carefully with your abuse. Keep your swearing to a minimum and uh, give us a score out of 10 and your final thoughts, buddy. Okay. Uh, I didn't treat it, think of it as triggering, but that you are guilting me with that with that rock right there. <laughs> No, no. I mean, uh, my score will be the lowest, but uh, it's it's a seven out of ten. I'll I'll be nice about it. Um, I thought it was a good setup. Uh, obviously, technical wise, I think John Favreau did an amazing job. The shots of the landscapes, I noticed the aspect ratio as well. I, it's beautiful. It's a beautifully made show. All of the creatures, everything was amazing. All of that is always a plus, a plus. From a story perspective, obviously, I as a newer fan, we want new things, and so it's hard to keep going back to the well the same old well but as long as the story is going somewhere and they're building towards something and they know what they want to say at the end of all this that seven Mm. could become a 10 you know by the end so it's just i am very harsh (laughs) sorry i I guarantee there's more people who are harsher than i am from (laughs) looking at it but it's it's just hard as a newer fan to feel that same nostalgia and those feelings because yeah i can say i know all those people and i read all the books you know for the past two and a half years but it's just not the same as wanting an original kind of story. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think your review clinically is like, like your score is probably the right one because yeah. we're, we're scoring on, like I'm scoring on my childhood. <laughs> oh, no. No. I'm over here ruining it. Like no, 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 not at all. But when you're like, it's critique- all emotion for me. Yeah. yeah. When you're critiquing it, you're like, you know, you didn't give it a four. You, you said like seven, and it's like, oh, it's the first episode of the series. It's you know, it, it's sort of 
in a way, didn't really push forward, you know, what the story is that, you know, there's no Moff Gideon in it. You know, there, there was not much Baby Yoda. There was no backstory about Baby Yoda, um, Yoju, if you will. Um, so I, I kind of feel like your score is the correct, like, like the clinical score, yours is the best one. Um, yeah, and, and, and that's sort of interesting because it is – like we're also hepped up on on reference sugar mm-hmm. that like other people that don't have that might be like, what's everyone going on about? This, this show sucks. Do you know what I mean? No, but- no, no. It, I don't think it's, you know, it's never that kind of feeling. I think from, I, I don't want to speak for every single sequel trilogy fan that's out there, but it, it never feels that way. It, I'm sure it's how prequel fans felt where it's like, do we get our turn yet <laughs> to get something? Well, there was plenty of prequel hugs. In, yes, uh, that, that, I did appreciate that. I, that's what p- bumped it up to a seven. Is yeah, that it, yeah. it was referencing the prequels as well. Yeah, if J.J. Abrams was watching that episode, he would have basically thought it was a remake of The Phantom Menace um, compared to <laughs> yeah. what he did to it. Now, I'm going to go the other way, Hammy. <laughs> I know. That's cool. We balance each other out in the force. Oh, it's good. But- but my score is, it's totally, like, it's it's so unclinical. I, I'm going, I don't want to do half, but I'll, I'll have to go nine because I had so much fun yeah. and I left mm-hmm. the episode, like, going, like, just so fulfilled and just, like, not that, like, oh, they should have shown Boba Fett in this episode. I was just, like, that was awesome. Can't wait for next week. Like, and that's like, like that's all I, I just want Star Wars to make mm. me feel like 12 for an hour, have a ball. And then I can go back to, you know, like doing adult things. And so like, I'm not going to say it's like the Godfather or do you know what I mean? And, and, and I'm mm. not going to dispute. I, I think Hammy's review, like score is probably the right one, but as far as like my, like just enjoyment. It was just, yeah. It, it, I, I just, I said, I was so fulfilled as a Star mm. Wars fan. I didn't feel like yeah. an idiot for being a Star Wars fan. I, I felt like all the things that I'd read had got, you know, there was like little trickets of that, all the things that I grew up loving when I was a little boy, there's stuff like that in it. I found out things that I didn't want to know that I found fascinating. So I, I didn't know how much I wanted to see, two little Boba Fett's jetpack around a giant wizard. Like I, I was like, ah, oh, this is, this is fantastic. So um, I, uh, I'm going with the nine, but Hammy, I, I respect your score. Oh well, no, 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 that's okay. That's I, it was, a, it, the episode had, the episode had a good word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the episode had tons of surprises and it was definitely, a, uh, you know, I think even going into the first season of Mandalorian, I'm sure everyone expected it to be a straightforward bounty hunter show. Right. And then they threw us with baby Yoda and, Oh, okay. He's suddenly much, a much more endearing character and taking care of a child. And that changes the whole dynamic. It's not just a ruthless bounty hunter who, you know, take you know, wins every single time. So I think the show is going somewhere, and that's my hope mm. for it. So no, I totally get what you're saying, and I think this episode with Timothy Oliphant that was a nice surprise. All of those things, I think, mm. point in the right direction yeah. for the show. Yeah, I, I definitely like in the sizzle for season one. The thing missing from the sizzle was that the show had heart, and and that was because they had to keep the heart of the show 
you know, like, which was Yoju, if you will. A secret, um, yeah. Yeah. So it was sort of like when I was watching, you know, at, at Celebration and stuff, I was like, yeah, it's going to be good. Like, it's just like a Mandalorian doing tough things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'll watch it. But then to get that, like, that it had such heart and that it had the force was just such a uh, a beautiful thing. Now, let's just, uh, some of us do have to run off to real life. So let's run around the circle. Mulk, where can the good people of the internet track you down? I'm at Steve Mulk everywhere that's important on the social media. Thank you so much for having me on here, Steve. It's been so much fun. Love this. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, Mulk. And uh, if you're in Australia or interested in Australian TV, TV Black Box is um, a podcast I listen to. I think it's every Monday or maybe it's Tuesday because of the time delay. But um, awesome insight into the Australian television industry. Mitch Dyer. Um do you have any video games? Do you, do you get you get a bit of bunts off those video game sales or what? Let the kids know. Oh, the kids not. yeah, I'm rolling in money off those game sales. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's my life. No. Uh, but I would strongly recommend people go play Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, the game is awesome. I'm so proud of it. I'm so happy with it. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you, thank you honestly. Um, like, I've been playing it, like, to play like 60 hours in a month, like just, just playing with my friends. Cause I genuinely enjoy it. I'm having a great time with it. Um, loving seeing people's feedback and, and thoughts on characters and story and plot points and references and Easter eggs and all the, all the stuff we snuck in. Um, and now I'm just as excited about the Mando content as everyone else. Cause I haven't seen that stuff yet. Excellent. All right. You guys um, do have to bail. So um, thanks so much. It was a real treat. Thank you for um, having me. It was great catching up with both you mates and uh, yes. I'll talk to you soon. And lovely to meet Thanks. everybody else. Yeah. Yes. Nice to meet you guys. Bye. Have a good night, y'all. Don't Bye. give him a moment, Lindo. <laughs> uh, Hammy, let the good people of the internet know where they can track you down. Well, now that I've rained on everyone's parade. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hammy, let's clear something up. Well, I, I think Hammy's right. Like, I actually am, am definitely of the mindset of no more tattooing. Like I, I literally me and me and my buddy Ross MGF Customs talk all the time about how it's it's time for a fresh take. Uh, and it's time no, to move on. From that, that, that's that. that's all you guys talk about. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No. No. no I, I won't drone on about it. It's okay. <laughs> I don't think you're droning on. I think like what you're saying, like that perspective from someone that isn't like fanning out, you know, cause they heard single file when they were four. So when you see it, do you know what I mean? Decades yeah. later, it's like a big thing. I think that perspective is, is really good. And if they just focus the show on like me, like no. horrible. Like I, I feel like the rise of Skywalker was like made for me, but not me. Like someone that I was friends with at school or something. And like it, like it didn't work out that well, I don't think. Like, and and it, it yeah, should that's be... be no comment from me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I you don't have to. Um, I, I I thought you brought a um, a good insight, Hammy. So no downers. I, okay. I thought I thought your seven was was on the money. If I was sane, I'd probably give it a seven as well. <laughs> but I'm not. They walked in a single file. Did you see that? And yeah, I did. I did love it's, the Panthers. It, really it's cute. a reference from the movie. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. okay. <laughs> Until tonight. So, <laughs> but you know what? I do want the the Bantha plushie. That's 
for sale at Target now. So Ooh, yeah, that, that's, that's, see, that's how they draw you in. Yeah, that's, that's how they get up. my my money. Yep. <laughs> does it come with a toothbrush? No, I don't think it does. But that's okay. I'll I'll, I'll brush his teeth. <laughs> Where can the good people of the internet track you down on Twitter and podcast? Thank you, Steele. Well, first, let me say thank you for having me on. Thank you for welcoming a new perspective, a newer fan. I appreciate it. And everyone tonight for giving me the chance to talk about it. Um, but if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Balance Padawan. Um, I'm also part of the What the Force community. Um, it's whattheforce.ca. We put out articles every Tuesday and Thursday. And most of us are sequel trilogy fans. So if you want a kind of different perspective or idea on Star Wars and how we're talking about it, uh, you can come and check out all those articles. But yeah, thank you, Steele. Thank you, guys. It was so nice meeting you <laughs> all right happy um yeah we'll love to have you back and um and also if you uh want to hear more me and hammy i'm not sure what episode it was but we did an episode about um hammy's uh was it a year into your star wars fandom we did yeah that it was a year it was a year ago now and then a year into my star wars journey and we talked about how i became a star wars fan i binged all the movies in a week and then i walked in and saw the last jedi and, yeah. and everything changed <laughs> yeah cool. that's so cool so awesome. All right, Hammy. Um, thanks so much. I'll uh, I'll see you on the internet, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> cool. Um, we may as well do all the pogs now, Corey. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you can follow me at Corey underscore Wolfback on Twitter. Um, but you can also follow uh, me and Noah Outlaw at KR Transmissions uh, and Kessel Run Transmissions on YouTube, where we're putting out a bunch of Mandalorian content, and uh, there's just so much exciting things. In, in, in the future going on with star wars so definitely check us out there and uh, you can see everything we do excellent emily i am on twitter at ef lind i do a podcast with my friend Brittany brown called the cantabite dispatch um we have a lot of fun on that and i also do a podcast about vin diesel called uh the fan and the furious and i i would appreciate you all checking that out because it's it's a lot of fun and it is really dumb but i love it can you do an episode on a song oh we did we recorded one you today yeah. oh oh that's oh, okay i'm i'm hyped for that on, on what exciting. he's Vin released Diesel. two songs now yes all right so you did say song yes yes he's a, uh, he's a singer as well as an actor Ah, I heard song, but I was like, no, I, that must your have brain, been. Your brain didn't accept the fact that he had no. the song. <laughs> wow, that's like, yeah. God, they they could go on tour with Russell Crowe and his <laughs> forty odd foods. What is it? Forty odd feet of grunt, or whatever that pod was. Hey, uh, shout out to Catherine Neen with the uh, the super sticker. I'm not even sure what super sticker means, but um, is that is that a type of super chat, um, Corey? You, you, I I think so. Excellent. All right. Oh, if you look on the little, it has a little, like, if you see it in the chat, there's a little thanks heart. So oh, I think it, okay. For some reason, it didn't show up when you pull it up there. Oh, because I'm watching it on the stream yard. Oh, that. yeah. Like the, the thing. Hey, oh, this is. Yeah. Ah, got you. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. Um, this is a common thing for me because. Apparently, if you like, I've seen screen caps. If you like a, a hashtag Mandalorian tweet on Twitter, yes. you get a Yoju. I'm getting a red heart. Yeah, they're probably uh, disabled. I didn't, I didn't get a Yoju. Yeah, it's well, anytime there's yeah, hashtag Mandalorian, if you liked it, a um, little, 
little baby Yoju uh, came on the screen. It's it's pretty cool. But yeah, they probably disabled it by now. Okay. Um, all right, Braxton says mine wouldn't do it, but someone sent me a um, a screen grab of it. Now, Corey. Yeah. Where do we go from here in the series? What's your prediction? Okay, so I'm pretty sure I know where we're at in the next episode. Um, I, I do think we're going to go to the water planet in the next episode, um, based on the episode description. So, oh, where I, are you getting where, where are you getting these episode descriptions? Yeah, right. It's a good question. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That was a big time in there, man. That is um <laughs> Oh my yeah. god. Uh I could see like the first maybe I, I don't know if we're getting tattooing next week, if I'm being honest with you. I, I, I think we might be saving Boba for later in the season. Okay. Um but I think one thing that's super exciting to me about this episode was the fact that now it's real. Right now, all those rumors that were going around and everything that, that that Hollywood Reporter has been hearing and and you know slash film and stuff we've heard now we know it's happening like without a doubt and this just makes me so excited thinking oh my god it's only a matter of time until we see Ahsoka and Bo-Katan and how is how are those characters going to appear and how is Mando going to find them. Um, and you know we were you were long speculating that uh, there would be a big moment in the first episode. Um, so obviously being Boba and, and Cobb Vance, so it just gets me excited about week to week, thinking what what big lore moments are we going to get now? Because now that we know they're willing to put in things that like you know the sequel trilogy didn't, for example, we're going to get a lot of those references. I just can't wait to see where it goes from here. And uh, I'm ready for Moff Gideon. I know Emily and I are, are Moff Gideon fans. So, uh, Emily, you're gonna have to come on Castle Run as soon as we get uh, some some Mob Gideon action. Oh man, Uh, I just I'm so ready to get his backstory. Yes. Oh. Oh, actually, and and I do think that the twist of the finale will be everything looks okay for our heroes and Baby Yoda's safe, and then Boba Fett takes Baby Yoda to Mob Gideon and gets his bounty and becomes again the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. Wow. Throwing that out there. Knocking Toro off his perch. Yes, deal. Uh, Kieran says, Corey, so no Boba next episode. We haven't seen the shot where people first claim they saw the armor on the speeder. Right, yeah. Now, now, to that, I would say that, like, that could have been a shot in, like, Not a different edit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not sure if you've heard of this f- film called Rogue One. But um, <laughs> the trailer, this TIE fighter, and it, I don't know, they used to just have playtime at 15 minutes before knockoff or something. Well, actually, you know, one thing they could do is open up the next episode as he's getting to the Razor Crest on Tatooine, mm. and you could see Boba maybe trailing him, and then you could, you know, see him take off because maybe, for all we know, maybe next week's episode has to do with... Uh, you know, the, the ice planet and he crashes there and it's, you know, we see him take off. No, probably not. No. So we'll see. What about this? What are the chances 
of a space battle between the Razor Crest and the Slave One. I would say later in the season. It's pretty high. I would say that the slave won. Oh, uh, wait, 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 wait there, wait there. I, I almost called you whores. I, sorry, sorry. I just gotta, I just gotta put the the scoop thing up. Keep, keep going, Corey. Keep going. Talk to me. Yeah, I, I would say, uh, you know, you you'll probably see the slave one in the season. Really? That's right. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna have to have a pretty good explanation for that though, considering how quickly like the razor crest got stripped by scavengers. That mm-hmm. if we see like the slave run frying around, I need to know exactly how that happened. Well, well, yeah. Bob, Boba Fett's gonna hide his slave one better than Din. I'm surprised the Cray uh, Dragon hasn't eaten it by now. If it's just like somewhere on Tatooine <laughs> parked, you are obsessed with the Cray Dragon's eating. I am. I love it. I just feel like he's he's constantly eating and constantly eating stuff we love. So now, um, oh, Timothy was actually saying uh, as well. I'm holding out for the slave one razor crest dogfight. Um, I agree with David um, Lozano on this one. After chapter nine, and Corey touched on this, it feels like all possibilities are in play. Yep. Like I, like that's what's so exciting is. Yeah. You know, it used to be like, oh, as if they'd do that from, like, Clone Wars or whatever. But now it's just like, these dudes are nuts. They're going to throw anything in. Like, like the fact that they threw in the, the Cobb Vant thing from Aftermath. Oh, yeah. Like. So good. Like, wait, wait, Corey, what season were you going to see Gallius Rex? When's he coming back? Honestly, who knows, right? It's, they were uh, setting him up to be quite the character. Oh, man. What a... I, I begrudge his existence because he was just there to be like, I'm not Snoke. Yeah, right. But I could be. Mm-hmm. I know someone who I feel like that killed their Star Wars fandom, that bait and switch. They were just sort of after that, they were just like, Bleh. I was I was so invested in that being Snoke. So. Yeah, I, I know exactly uh, what you're referring to. <laughs> um. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for uh, hanging with us. Thanks to everyone in the chat. It was super fun. Um, make sure you algorithm it up. And um, I, I think this episode's gone on. Long enough. <laughs> I love it. I, I'm glad that um, Emily broke during that. I was like, if she remains stone-faced <laughs> against the timing <laughs> the timing that I had to go to to look like I wasn't clicking something, I had to cue it up while I was like vamping. It, it was, it was, it was, it was so hard. Do you know what I mean? What, I, I, what, I don't, what? I, I just don't want it to look like I'm grasping for straws. It looks. No, I just want to make it natural. What gets me is not the clip itself; it's the big grin on your face as you do it. That's what makes me laugh. You know, what, what's funny is I, when Steel was doing the Torah watches initially when we first did this like a couple months ago, my first thought was there's no way I will ever be converted. And now every time I see Toro, I'm slowly like going, hey, man, like, this makes Steel happy. It's starting to make me kind of happy. 
Crem. Oh, yeah. Tour watch. Tour watch. See? Everyone loves it. Everyone loves it. <sighs> um, thank you, everyone. Ledra says that was magical steel. Thank you so much. Um, really appreciate it. And we'll be back. What day is it today? Saturday. Saturday. Okay. This will be up on the, the podcast feed tomorrow. If, um, oh, good sizzle. If, uh, to be a patron, $3 a month. And we've got a new show. This episode, I loved it so much. I invented a new podcast, Corey. Oh, yeah. I didn't even wait to tell the person who does the podcast with me. I just rang Hawes with my phone up to the microphone with it recording. And I said, <laughs> hey, Hawes, we're doing a new Patreon exclusive podcast. It's called Hawes Calls. And it's where I call you after the Mandalorian. It's now. So get going. And Amazing. And it was meant it was meant to be like five minutes and we did like half an hour and it's just it's just giddy. What about what 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 like it's 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 frothy. That's not a very flattering impression of Hawk. <laughs> oh that, that, that was me. That was me. That was me. Um so uh checking that out. Hey, David. I know it's been a long wait. He was I'm wondering know, about that too. Yeah, what's uh... when are you making Toro merch steel? Just, just wait up, just wait up. It's um, when it will, I, it's it's the, how do I do it justice? Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's there's a lot of pressure on me there. But um, thanks so much, everyone. I had a uh, ton of fun, and you guys all rule. Check out uh, Kessel Run like I'm doing on my YouTube for all their reactions. And I, I, popped, I, I, I made a spectacular cameo while I was walking to the supermarket yesterday, calling in on the feed. And um, and Brittany and Emily will be breaking it down on the Canto Bite Dispatch, um, one of my fave podcasts. Oh. Thanks to everyone for joining in. Thanks, Emily. For that little noise, acknowledging that I um I can be forgiven for all my tomfoolery around Toro. And um I'll see you on Monday for the live stream, everyone. And May that oh hey, Corey, you coming yeah. back on you coming back on I Thursday? I will be, I will be here this Thursday, yes. 100%. Excellent, excellent. And uh may that force be with you. Algorithms, guys, algorithms. I can't stress this enough. Algorithms. Just... 100%. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.